Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Removing your obstacle to destiny. Many people uh, and many people who go to church every week around the world have no idea, many Christians have no idea that every one of us is actually meant to be fulfilling God's purpose for our life. Every one of us. Most people think, I made it to church this week, yay. When God's plan for your life is that in this moment, in this hour of your life, you will make a difference in your own life, but you'll also set your children and grandchildren up to walk in their destiny. Jeremiah tells us, 29, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Hang on a minute. For I know the plans I have for you. Let me just say that again. God says, I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. And it's plans to do you good, not harm, and that your ending will be blessed. Everybody here today, let me say it again. You have a destiny. But it's not of your design. And if you make it of your design, you will miss what God has. Your destiny is not of your design. It's not meant to be. People, you know, people will go and do things in the world and do all kinds of things. You know, they're just without God and they'll make a way. But it is totally different to walking God's unique, specific, pre-planned, before you hit the earth, destiny. So how you do that and how you get into that is really something that you have to discover. And you also have to get around people who have been discovering that and are now walking in it or been walking in it a long time because you will never get it on your own. Very few people ever really get it on their own. There's usually... Uh, maybe their Christian parents or grandparents have set them up or they get that I need to be uh, in a place where I can hear from spiritual leaders who have gone ahead of me, who God has placed there, who are walking in that, who understand that there is a destiny to be had and a destiny to be lost. I think the amount of Christians around planet Earth who are not in destiny, who are going to rock up into heaven and have a huge shock is huge. I think it's huge. I think they're going to get into heaven and God's going to put on the, um, you think your new TV screen is good. The one in heaven, God's going to flash up and go, here's what I had for you. Here's what I had for you. And so we need to be saying, Lord, help me now to discover what you have for me. And by the way, your part and my part is different. Your part and my part is different. They are not the same. And all you have to be doing is, hello, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, the Bible says. Let me say it again. Seek first the kingdom of God. One more time for us to kind of get it. Seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible doesn't say seek first your opinion. 
Seek first what you think about things. Seek first how you feel about things. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So the Bible's talking about things. Can I encourage you? Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things involved in those things. And by the way, God knows you also need things. Jordan's got uh, my Jeep at the moment, and I drove Sue's little bug to church. I could hardly get into it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Lord, this is getting my prayer going this morning, trying to get into her little Mitsubishi. As Jordy took my Jeep up to Geraldton where he's been speaking to the youth and kids up there. God knows you need things. God knows you need a Jeep. <laughs> so <laughs> hurry back, Jordan. Anyway, so I want to encourage everybody that God wants you to remove the obstacle to your destiny by starting to seek first Him. Seek first Him. Seek first Him. Social media takes far too much of your valuable time. Social media is stealing your destiny. Social media is stealing your destiny. Social media is stealing your destiny. Procrastination is stealing your, de your destiny. Procrastination is stealing your destiny. Well, I want one day... Well, I just spoke at the Youth and Young Adults uh, um, events, conferences, uh, dawn till the following dawn. <laughs> and uh, it was a long night. <laughs> but I basically just spoke, you guys will like it, I just spoke to 17-year-olds. And my message was to 17-year-olds, you're running out of time. You're like, what? My message to 17-year-olds was, you're running out of time. So if that's to 17-year-olds, my message, what's my message to you who are much older? <laughs> Amber said, we're really running out of time. <laughs> Why is that? Because you have to seek the Lord and get yourself planted in God's house and begin to take the position of a servant. Jesus came to earth to run a business, get rich, have a car, and be cool and live in a great house. No, Jesus came to earth to serve. The Son of Man came to earth not to be served, but to serve. Now, just while your brain kind of, I don't know, whatever it fuses, <laughs> as mine does when I hear that scripture, every time I hear that scripture, I, I still go, you must be joking. That the Son of God came to earth not to be served, but to serve. So if you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you're a follower, you cannot follow Christ and not follow what He came to do. You can't. Otherwise, we've placed Jesus into some poetry basket. <laughs> this is all poetry, the Bible, and isn't it lovely? No, no, no. It's the manual for living, and it's the manual to get into your destiny. So I want to help you just think about removing obstacles to your destiny today because, as I said, your part and my part are totally different, but you have a part that if you don't play it, the earth will be the worse for it. 
Your part and my part are totally different, but if you don't play your part, the earth will be worse for you not playing your part. Right now, as a, ch- as a church, there's 1,150 children and their parents and their siblings who are very, very glad and happy that you're playing the part in sponsoring a child because that family now has new hope. And I want to tell you, compassion goes above and beyond your sponsorship, which I see when I'm there, to help the siblings, not just that child. But if you don't play your part, that's not happening. So you may say, well, I'm not here. I can't change the world. You change the world for those 1,150 children. You change their world. So we have to think, wow, if, I'm, if we're changing those children's worlds and their parents' children's world and their siblings, then everything that we do is having a ripple effect for the positive or the negative. Peter McCulloch, I'm stirred by him now. About riding a bike, I might need to ride run around Lake Junlet one time. <laughs> so get, your, get, your, get your all to sponsor me. <laughs> Pastor Spencer said, yes, 100 laps. So, so everybody, you've got to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. We're too busy seeking what I want. Seek first what I like. I got so much, I always am amused now, I've been walking with the Lord so long now that I hear a radio station, a radio discussion, I'll hear a TV thing come on. I just got to go click off, click off, click off, click off. I hear people talking with nothing to say. Click it off, nothing to say, nothing to say. Radio programs that think they're so cool, I'm like, click off. There's nothing to say. You're turning everybody into victims or victimizers. Click off. And then I hear God's voice. Then I hear God's word. I'm like, my spirit's alive. My heart's alive. My hope's alive. As we know, we've got uh, some awesome men right now in Tenacious House. Any Tenacious House people here? (laughs) We've got some awesome guys in Tenacious right now. And, you know, um, we're cheering them on and we're praying for them. We've got a team who works there to help uh, the guys overcome, you know, life-controlling issues, addictions and different things. And, uh, and I started in total brokenness. So, you know, the enemy, listen, everybody, the enemy loves to get people to use their lives for, for anything other than God. So in actual fact, addiction and all, all the things that, you know, the world takes you into, it took me uh, into a lot of problems and a lot of sin. Ad- addiction is abnormal use. It's abuse. It's the abnormal use of a life created by God for a destiny. It's the abnormal use. Abuse is the abnormal use of a life created by God for destiny. And so the enemy goes, take that, take that, do that, do that. Just get away from God's destiny. Get away from it. And so, everybody, I want to encourage you. Some of you, God gave you an addiction. Some of you, God gave you money. Because you don't think you need anything. When in actual fact, I'll never forget when we were in London and we had a guy come from the continent of Africa. I was drawing all the Nigerians at one stage. We had 60% Nigerian now church in London at one stage. And then one of the guys who came from the continent, I'll never forget, he, was, he joined our church 
moved over and he was in London. He's coming out with us on street outreaches. And then one day he said to me, Pastor Ed, I'm going back to my country. And I said, oh, wow. Why are you going back? And he said, well, I'm a great believer, Pastor Ed. I said, I can see. I know. I see you at the prayer meetings and I see you in church. He said, I'm going back because I discovered after coming here to chase the pound, the British pound, he said, I'm going back to my country because I realize people in London are very poor. And I can't give up the richness of my culture, my church, my faith that I have in my country in Africa to live in such poverty. <laughs> I went, can you take me with you? <laughs> it was like, it was so powerful because he wasn't knocking England. He was having a, re he had a revelation of richness is not things. Wealth is not things, everybody. Wealth is destiny. Wealth is God. Wealth is people. God's not against things, by the way, too. I mean, in case you're hearing that, that's, he's not against it. He knows we need things. He, I need my Jeep back. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Sorry. He's not against things. He's against things having you. And a lot of people have things have them. Or they're blinded by stuff or other things that have got your attention. Maybe you've got your attention. Maybe you are the only thing that has your attention. A man or woman wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. A man or woman wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. We need to wrap our lives up with Jesus and his purpose and his plan so that we do what God's called us to do. I mean, uh, looking at people doing some amazing stuff, and I'm just going to say to the girls right now, do you know there's some amazing women who have done incredible things for God and often on their own? I'm going to talk about one in just a moment, but let me just give you another scripture here, everybody. Look at this in Colossians 1 verse 11. It says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So the Bible is saying there, may you be strengthened with all power. Listen, everybody, there is a power that comes to your life through seeking Jesus. There's a power that comes to your heart, a power that comes to your spirit. And I'll just let you know this. God will let you come to the end of yourself until you say, Lord, I've had enough of me. God will let you come to the end of yourself. Some people think, oh, no, no, the Lord's not. No, He'll let you come to the end of yourself. Why? Because he wants you to find him. And he wants you to find why he's got you on the planet. If you're at the end of your rope, let Jesus tie a knot in it. So you can hang on and he can transport you into his plan and purpose. But God wants to strengthen you to endure as a believer. So that you've got patience with joy. All you guys who are new Christians and you want to go hard and go, God's like right now, he's just, he's loving you those first few years. He's teaching you, training you. One of the most important things for Christians to do who are new Christians is stop talking <laughs> so that you can start listening and start hearing 
And many of us who had abuse, if you had an abusive parent, we are the ones who are typically very used by God or very typically unused by God. (laughs) We're in two categories. Because we think because our parent was difficult and abused us that God will do the same. And so we withdraw when in fact we need to throw ourselves on God and discover that he's not like the parent who hurt you. Think of the nicest father you've ever met and Jesus is a million times better. So he wants to give you patience now with joy. So you know you're walking with the Lord when you're not getting what you want, when you think that I should have that now and God, but you're walking with the Lord and you've got a joy in it. You can tell whether you're spending more time with your thoughts or God's. If you're spending time with your thoughts, you'll be impatient, angry, resistant. But if you're spending time with God's thoughts, you'll, be, you'll have joy. Even in the difficulty, you've got a joy happening. 1 Peter 1.6 says, so, truly, so be truly glad. I love this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Amen. Even though the going is rough for a while down here. So God's letting us know there's wonderful joy ahead, can I say, in this life, but here it's also speaking in the next. So God's saying, be truly glad now, but don't just have your eyes on this short period of life because God's into eternity. You know, there's a great lady, as I said before, two, uh, usually talking about male leaders, but you're going to hear me talk about two ladies, one's this week, one's next week. It's a lady named Lillis Trotter, born in the United Kingdom in 1853, and she died in 1928. She was born to wealthy stockbroker parents, very wealthy family. And uh, Lillis Trotter became an incredible artist. And uh, art critics said to her that if she committed herself to her artwork, she would become immortal in the art world. Wow, isn't that enticing? To be told by the art critics of Europe, if you commit to your artwork, you'll become immortal in the art world. Well, Lilith Trotter decided, I'm going to do what Matthew 6.33 says and seek the Lord. She began to seek the Lord for His will and said, Lord, lead me. And she was in a great church. And then one day she felt like the Lord said to her, North Africa. And she was like, North Africa? She didn't even know where it was. And uh, so she... um, Went along and just remembered that moment. Just had this, like a, a voice in a heart and a spirit. She went to a church and she went to, had a big meeting. And the pastor said, I feel that people who are called, is there anybody here right now to go to North Africa, stand up? And she just said, I just was standing up suddenly. <laughs> Didn't even know why she stood up. And they, the pastor, their meeting called her forward and then prayed over her. That young lady from wealthy parents left England's shores to go to Algeria to minister to the Muslim people. She ended up with two other young ladies, and the three of them were there for decades in the desert, not speaking the language, ministering to the Algerian people. I'm going to just tell you some of the things that she said over those years. Listen to this, everybody. Let's speak to you about your life right now and the potential of the calling on your life. She said, there lies before us, after leaving her rich family and leaving her art uh, potential to be an immortal in Europe. She said, there lies before us a beautiful possible life, one with a passion for giving that shall be poured forth for God, but will be spent on men, on mankind. 
Wow, the lies before us, a beautiful possible life, one with a passion for giving. This is her in the desert with two other ladies ministering to the Muslim people. And she says, one that shall be poured forth for God, but will be spent on mankind. Another quote of hers is, measure your life by loss. <laughs> I love this lady. Measure your life by loss and not by gain. For love's strength is in love's sacrifice. And he who suffers most has the most to give. Everybody who's had a suffering life, if you'll turn to Christ, you'll have the most to give. She says, I, I love this. Oh, I love this one. I read on her journal says, take the very hardest thing in your life, the place of difficulty outward or inward and expect God to triumph gloriously in that very spot. Just there, He can bring your soul into blossom. Let me say that one more time, everybody. Tenacious guys, listen to this. Take the very hardest thing in your life, the place of difficulty outward or inward, and expect God to triumph gloriously in that very spot. Just there, He can bring your soul into blossom. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Give God the hardest thing in your life, inward or outward, and expect everybody to blossom. So can I encourage everybody? Um, Lilith stayed on for decades there, even when she got sick. She was sick back and forth to the UK and she would return back to her position. The Christian Post said in July last year, uh, sorry, July 19th. So the 11th of July, 2019, the Christian Post magazine said today, Algeria, where she went. Algeria, it's amazing. The church has grown 50 fold in 10 years. <laughs> Let me say it again, Christian Post, 11th of July, they put this out, 2019. Algeria, it's amazing. The church has grown 50-fold in 10 years. But guess what? Lilith Trotter doesn't get a mention. She just got on with what God had asked her to do. Not even mentioned in the article, but in heaven, Lilith has heard these words, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> She said of her life, truly, if God needed weakness, He had it in me. But in her weakness, she is strong and helped impact what was a Muslim nation into a place where multiplied Christians are there even today, incredibly. Everybody, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? What's your obstacle? That thing that you keep excusing, that obstacle that you keep giving, in heaven, you'll rue the day you ever gave it attention. And you will wish that you had surrendered that obstacle, that blockage, that thing to God, 
because you would have moved into what God had for your life. And then others would have been walking upon the very things that you were called to do. You would have inspired or set in motion things that caused them to be walking in God's plan or purpose. You say, well, I run a business. Good. Is it God's business? Or is it your business? I have a job and I'm a Christian. Good. Is it your job or God's job? Because God wants us to ask, Lord, should I be in this job? They offered me 50 grand to be in this job. So I took it. Did the Lord ask you to take it? God can make up the money that you need to have, but He can't make your decision to ask Him, what should you do? On Friday night, I watched Amber preaching. She preached a great word. And Ross and Amber sitting there and I watched them both. Amber gets up here, big week, four children, homeschooling. Not now, you're finished now. Oh, that's right, you're finished. But you have up to now. So she's been homeschooling. Now they're in school. But she's up here preaching Friday night. Then they're in the prayer meeting with, four, with four, their four children. And I looked over. They don't know I looked over. And I thought to myself, they have positioned themselves in God's house. And then Amber, in the midst of having four children, has positioned herself to serve where she's been asked to serve in God's house. Listen, and by that... She has positioned her children and grandchildren for God's destiny. Ross has positioned his children and grandchildren for God's destiny. I wrote it up there. I wrote it up by positioning yourself in his house. And then when you position yourself in a place of service in his house, that's where it starts. You have now positioned your children and grandchildren for God's destiny. You can do works as a Christian. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about doing the will of God. The, God's will is not my will. <laughs> you all think God's will is your will. Or many do. I, I talk to people and I say, what's happening? They're telling me their will. I'm like, right. My will is not God's will. <laughs> Tenacious House is one of those stories. But who knows that story? My dad was an alcoholic, locked me in a bedroom as a child, destroyed me through his alcoholism. And I was done with alcoholism for the rest of my life. And alcoholics and drug addicts and everybody else. I'm like, I'm done. I've grown up around this and it's just destroyed me. And then God goes, uh, Jared, uh, my will is that you now start Tenacious House. The very thing that burnt you, I'm now going to turn around and cause it, hello, to bless you. How do you come overcome evil, everybody? You overcome evil with good. How do you overcome evil in your own life? Do the thing you don't want to do, but do the thing God's asking you to do. And when you do it, <laughs> like me now, I'm just rejoicing that we've had nearly 220 guys go through Tenacious House. And then I've had the privilege of playing a very small part in that with the incredible team that we have. But I'm doing the thing that I just thought, I will never do that. And then God goes, actually, my will is this. Do the thing that you don't want to do. Do the thing you said you'd never do if God's asking you to do it. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? What's the obstacle to your destiny? 
I'm single. So what? Some of the greatest people used by God were single. I don't have children. So what? We have a generation now of parentless people, parentless children everywhere. And Sue and I nearly never had children. We had to go, Lord, if we don't have kids, we will love children somehow, Lord, and we will serve you no matter what. We decide today, God, to get better and not get bitter. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? What's your excuse? What's your obstacle? We need to give it to God. Because through your service and through your willingness, God is able to change incredible, hello, incredible things. Some of the parents and grandparents, I, you, I know you don't like me, but I like your grandchildren possibly more than you do. A lot of parents and grandchildren are more interested in their children loving them. I'm doing everything for you to love me. Well, my loving of my children and grandchildren is me serving and Sue serving and positioning ourselves as servants and teaching. You saw my son doing the, taking the offering, Nathan, before, middle son. He's amazing. Love that guy so much. But they're, they're doing, they're following and walking in God's plan. Why? Because we have not left the position of service. We haven't bailed. I'm 40 years a Christian now. Haven't bailed. I'm still going, here to help, Lord. Here to serve God. Here to serve in church, God. Here to serve in the community, God. And the greatest thing that I can do if I love them is position myself in service. Because in doing so, they are doing that. And they are positioning themselves firstly in a relationship with God. And then secondly, in a, into God's purpose and destiny, which we talk about. How are you going? What are you feeling God's saying? What are you, what's God talking to you about? Our children are talking purpose and destiny. See, if you love them, if you love them, you'll position you. If you love them, you'll position you. If you love them, you'll position you. If you don't really love them, you just love how they make you feel, you're quite happy to be on the fringe of everything that's Christian. When the positioning of destiny for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and our community is when you and I go, I'm moving from there. I can't be you. You're not going to be me. You're not going to be Lilith Trotter. You're going to be you. She went on to write her books, Lilith, as I get ready to finish. She called her book, A Passion for the Impossible. <laughs> Daring in the Desert was the next book. <laughs> and then Blossom in the Desert. Some of you started life in a desert. Some of you are in a desert now. Why don't you make a decision to blossom? Okay, last thought. Ooh, thank you, team. Last thought. So many people are self-destructive and they're not even the ones who come from my background. Why are you being self-destructive to God's calling on your life? Why are you doing that? So many people are self-destructive and immediately I start talking about God's call for you, you think about how to wreck it. <laughs> a lot of people, like just imagine this is a big button right now. I need a big button on the screen. I should have got one on the screen. 
So many people have in their heart and mind something the size of this in their heart and mind. It's a button that when God starts to call us or wants to use us, that we secretly go, boom. And we hit an unseen sabotage button and we sabotage God's destiny, God's calling, God's grace, God's goodness, God using us. And then no one sees that we secretly have hit the button. We just put our hand back by our side. Everybody, can I encourage you? Give your sabotage button to the Lord. Say, Lord, take that. I'm going to take my hand off hitting that every time I get near your goodness, every time I get near your purpose, every time I get near healing of my heart and life. Some of you, it's like you go to listen to your Bible app or you go to hear from God or you go to worship God and then you go, boom. And you sabotage God's voice to your life. You are worthy of God's voice. You are worthy of God's voice. You are worthy of God's voice. He's made you worthy. And you're worthy of His love. And you're worthy of His purpose. I want to encourage everybody this week. Lift your head up high this week. Lift your head up high. Go through your week. Go through your life. Not hitting an internal sabotage button to ruin things. When you hear God's voice or when there's the possibility of goodness or the possibility of God using you. Say, Lord, help me to get my hand off there. Help me to put it back here. And let me use it for the one thing the Bible says to use it for. Lift holy hands to the Lord. (laughs) Not put hands on the sabotage button of my life. Stop running, everybody. Stop running internally or externally. And just stand and position yourself as a servant, Lillis. Because God wants you to blossom in the desert. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.